Hello and welcome to the 645 Pod, a podcast especially for the 645 church community at Christchurch St. Ives, but everyone else is most welcome too. Uh, my name is Anton and I'm one of the ministers at Christchurch. And I'm Simon, I'm a ministry apprentice at Christchurch, or I was, because I am not working here anymore. Oh, you're like a ghost. Yeah. I am I am back from the dead. <laughs> no, not really, but you know, I am... It's, it's weird, we're recording these before I left, but they'll yes. be released after, after. I'm gone, so, which is very weird. Nice to get some memories of, yeah. of the Simon that was. It's nice to be back. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, we are continuing on in Season 3 of the 645 Pod, and today we are looking at... We are looking at Judgment. Yay. <laughs> it was a long pause there, Anton. I might have to edit that out. Well, it's not kind of a... Um, it's not something to get excited about looking at God's judgment yeah. and what it's like or what does it look like and issues around it. Mm. But it's certainly one that causes a lot of both uh, people from outside the church to look in and go, huh, I don't want to believe in a judgy mm. God. Mm-hmm. And for people inside the church to be either worried about it or not quite get it or how can, you know, how can God be loving but also yeah. send people to hell? You know, there are all the things that we're kind of looking at today. Yeah. So hopefully we can actually help you see the good things about the judgment of God and clear up some of those myths and misunderstandings along the way. That's right. All right. So today, as we said, we're looking at the judgment of God. What does judgment look like? Mm. And it's interesting in the last little bit, as a society, we have become much more judgy. Mm. So it used to be the big comment of Christians was, you know, the one Bible verse that that non-Christians knew was, yeah. um, you know, don't judge lest ye be judged yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet we're, we're really judgy as a society mm. at the moment. Yeah, we've really kind of pushed into a, a space of like a collective moral framework. So kind of, you know, the... the the collective will allow us kind of judge what is right and wrong mm-hmm. and will judge and condemn you for doing what they don't believe is the right thing. Um, and so actually judgment is now a real big part of our culture. If you think about something like cancel culture mm. or that sort of thing, um, but there's a big part of our, our culture that's now built on others judging other people's moral standards and condemning them or canceling them um, for those decisions. Yeah. So if someone if someone's doing something that's against or says something that's against this progressive, inclusive cultural narrative, mm. then they get they get slammed on Twitter or on social media or in yeah. you know in other places. And uh, and so our society is moving towards a ironically a less accepting, mm. a less tolerant. Yeah. Um, uh, mode of being. Now, of course, there are some good things about that. So, yeah. in light of say what the Me Too movement has brought, mm. it's it's right and good to call out yeah. people who have abused others mm. uh, in the past or currently. Uh, but but again, you know where. But so many things are being called out. Differences of opinion are being called out, mm. and uh, to the point where you can't hold. A differing opinion in some some yeah. elements on sexuality or on race or on yeah. uh, things like that that uh, 
we're just really quick to judge as a society. Yeah. We, people are being judged for being judgmental. It's, it's just a whole cycle of people think people are judgmental, so then they judge them for being judgmental, so then they're being judgmental. We kind of just... Ah, uh, like, yes, yeah, so someone's judgmental over... Around. That's right, someone's judgmental <laughs> over, oh, this... Uh, you know. Gee, that person's being really judgmental. Let's cancel them. Yes, like, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the judgment, being yes. judgmental. Yeah. And so when it, when we talk about the judgment of God now, you know, mm. when we when the society was less like this, like you know how the judgment didn't fit into the vocabulary. Yeah. Whereas I think we're all a bit surprised that oh, actually no, judgment's a thing now. Yeah. And so when you hear of a God who judges we can compare that to how the world judges and mm. we'll compare him to how the world judges and we'll see what we find. Yeah. It's interesting that the world, like we still have an uncomfortableness with the judgment of God yeah. um, and the world certainly does, even though they kind of, they're big on social justice and justice and, and condemning uh, things that they believe are wrong. Uh, we still have a big problem with the idea of God and God's judgment. Um, somehow, even though we kind of have this awareness of justice, but there's a big problem with the idea of God being this all-powerful judge over all things. Yeah, I think it comes down to we don't like certain things being judgy. Mm. So governments or institutions, we don't like them to be judgy. But it's okay if the woke woke community is judgmental. Yeah. That's fine because that's that's kind of us. We're you know you know yeah. people say oh if it's if it's in line with what I think yeah then I'm fine if other people judge along those lines <laughs> yeah yeah it's so easy when you're kind of you're the one making the judgment not being judged the yes. judgment of God is a bit scary because actually you being also become under the judgment of God yes. it's very easy to condemn someone else's actions it's very yeah. hard to admit your own faults and yeah. so we're just playing into that problem as a society now of others can judge others but actually do we judge ourselves? Yeah, well, I think no one likes to be judged. Yeah. Even though we're so, we so readily judge other people. Yeah. To be on the receiving end is is yeah. awful. Sometimes it's deserved and that's fair enough, but uh, other times it's yeah. not and that's really, really hard. So how would we maybe define God's judgment as, as something that's different from other judgment? You know, we talked about judging others or being judgmental or um, we can, like all of those things, you know, being judgmental's seen as quite a negative thing um so how do we separate that out from what what is god's judgment and how is it distinct from worldly judgment yeah such a great question we need to look at the character of god so we hate it when other people judge us particularly when we think they've got it wrong mm. whereas if god is all-knowing as if he knows everything, yeah. so he sees everything, nothing is hidden from his view. Yeah, which you get from like Psalm 139. Yep. Uh, and if he is completely good and morally right mm. and completely just. Yeah. If he's those two things, so if he sees everything, knows everything, and he's completely just in all his actions, then what makes God different to us is, he is in the right place to judge mm. and holds the right standards to judge. Mm. So for us, you know, how do we know something's right or wrong? Well, we kind of can just see what the community, the current yeah. feel is, well, what's, you know, what's woke and what's, what's yeah. uh, tolerated in society and that's that's the line that you need to follow. Yeah. Whereas if God has transcendent standards because 
he made the world and set it up and he mm. knows the fabric of justice that he's woven into our world. Mm. And if he sees everything, so nothing escapes his view, then he is the right person to yeah. be in the judgment seat. Mm. Yeah, and you can kind of see the flawed nature of human judgment. Like, you know, I really love the first season of Serial and that was kind of stressful because like, did he do it? Did he not? How can we know? How can we be confident in making judgments in these kind of things and be confident that justice can be served? Uh, that's human judgment. You can actually go, actually, God knows what's happened in all of those situations. Mm. Who did what? Like God is. He is, has all the evidence. He has all the evidence. Mm. He knows exactly what everyone has done. And so he could make a definitive statement on what has happened and who's at fault and what the problems are uh, because he sees both what goes on inside our hearts and minds mm. and what goes on in the world uh, and knows all things. Yep. So in terms of a brief overview of God and judgment in the Bible, <clears throat> uh, we start with God relating perfectly with mm. his people in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve are living in accordance with God's will and everything is functioning rightly in a way that is all to God's glory. Mm. Judgment comes in when we reject the objective fabric and yeah. law of of how God's made the world. Yeah. So when Adam and Eve deliberately disobeyed mm. a an explicit command of God, when their hearts were filled with desire for something other than God Himself, mm. then that's when God's judgment was ignited i guess mm. because they were they were doing what was not good for them and for the world and were offending the god who made them mm. and i think there's it may be an obvious point but a helpful point there that the arbitration for god's judgment is based on how he has designed people to live and what he asks and desires of people and so you know right from the start you see god has set up a way to live and disobeying that way brings you under the judgment of God. Like you see that from the very start. That's what his bar is. Um, that's what he judges by. And so, you know, right from the start of the Bible, we understand what brings you under God's judgment. And that's why it's sometimes so hard to swallow mm. because we love to think that we are right and we're in the judgment seat yeah. or, or the, the discernment seat in, in all things. And so partly to accept the judgment of God is to accept that actually someone else is mm. in the place of judgment and authority over us. And that's hard to do because we're sinful and we like <laughs> to have the, yeah. to think that we are the authority ourselves. Whereas actually we need to relinquish that in our own hearts and minds and acknowledge the true ruler and judge of all the earth. And that is God himself. Mm. Yeah. So you see right there at the start of the Bible, it's set up that uh, humans disobey God. They don't do what God has asked and designed them to do. And so they come under God's judgment. Uh, and that then kind of continues that that judgment of God from that time uh, is then set up and it kind of continues throughout, uh, throughout history and throughout the Bible, um, which you can see in Anton. Oh, in terms of Romans. As, yeah, as like, which you can see in the Bible. Oh, in Romans 1. In terms of God, uh, God's people, yeah, rejecting God, his way of working out. And so in one twenty four it says, therefore God gave them over to the sinful desires of mm. their hearts. And 
so partly judgment now is the consequences of sin. Yeah. So if I lie to lots of people, I shouldn't be surprised when people don't trust me mm. <laughs> or, um, oh, uh, but then there's the, so there's that natural consequence of sin. There's also the broader consequence of the creation being affected now. Yeah. So with, with the world being cursed in Genesis three, and then um, we see it also in Romans eight, whereas the creation was subjected to frustration. Yeah. That's also, um, uh, that's part of the judgment of God going, well, if you are a people who are rejecting my will, mm. then I'll give you a world which is fit and proper for a rebellious mm. people. And so that's why illness and death and natural disasters are part of the judgment of God, not part of, uh, they're part of the general judgment of God now, yeah. as opposed, it's not like, oh, I've sinned in this area, therefore a hailstorm's going to come and yeah it car. doesn't work like kind of a karma sort of way you know yeah doing a bad thing doesn't lead to a bad thing happening to you it's a collective bad things happen in the world because collectively we've sinned and god has placed us under that judgment yeah that's right and so that's kind of uh we're so we're in one sense under the judgment of god now but there is a greater judgment to come mm -hmm. so hebrews nine twenty seven says humans are desperate destined to die once and then after that to face judgment yeah so there's a second judgment to come mm. um so that's one kind of judgment that we see in the bible we see this collective uh, generalized uh, judgment of god for sinfulness uh, but actually there's another kind of judgment that we kind of see throughout the bible which i guess is first introduced through the law um when god introduces the law um we kind of see an understanding of just how wrong humans are mm -hmm. and how uh, sinful we are and so how deserving we are for God's specific judgment, I guess, for our sinful nature. So as we've seen in the Apostles' Creed series, Jesus is the one who will come again to judge the living and the dead. So that's when our personal righteousness before God will be, will be determined. And uh, what that means is, from what we see in the Bible, we all fall short of the glory of God. Mm. Uh, we all deserve the wrath of God because of how we've rejected his will for our lives and not loved and failed to love other people as yeah. we should. And so as much as we don't like the idea of being judged and, oh, that person's such a good person, how could they be judged? Or, yeah. you know, oh, mum's done so much to me, how could she be judged? You know, have we... Have we appropriately worshipped God with our whole heart? Have we loved him with our whole heart? Have we given thanks to him for all the good things? And have we perfectly loved our neighbour? Mm. And the answer is no. No one can, can claim to have yeah. perfectly done that. Even if we have great affection for someone yeah. or they've been very kind to us, no one has been uh, in a perfect relationship with God or others. Yeah. Uh, apart from Jesus. Yeah, and so we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and I think there's a little deep-down part of us that kind of knows that we can't do everything right, and we like to gloss over that and think, nah, I'm good enough. I, I do good things. Mm -hmm. But there's actually, the Bible tells us, it's a deep-down, base-level root problem um, that we can't, we can't move past. Like, you can't paper over. Um, and so we have a, a big problem then, because we are all personally and specifically 
deserving of God's judgment as well as being collectively under the judgment for sin. That's right. And so on the last day when Jesus returns, that's when he will come to judge the living and the dead. Mm. Uh, 1 Thessalonians puts it like, sorry, um, 2 Thessalonians uh, will puts it like this. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his might on the day he comes. Mm. And so it's a terrifying picture. That's 1 Thessalonians 2, 8 and following that God will come in in punishment. Mm. He will come and and that what that punishment looks like is a removal of God from, removal of us from God's presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... You know, everything good comes from God. So it's a removal of everything good from our presence. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of where we get the idea of judgment day, right? This is a time in the future where God will judge all people based on their works. There's Mm -hmm. There's a time, there's like a specific point, you know, generalized judgment on sin now, a specific point where God will pass judgment on all people Mm. um, in the future that we look towards, which is a little bit terrifying. It's totally terrifying. And people might go, oh, isn't that a little bit harsh for, Mm. you know, for nice people? And we go, well, if the, if we in our lives have rejected God and ignored him and we want nothing to do with God in our lives, then in some ways he gives us what's he, what he what we want. Yeah. He he removes his presence from us. Mm. But of course, without God, he removes all the good the things good that things. he's given us as well. So at the moment, if we live our lives wanting God's stuff and God's blessing, but not God himself, yeah. then that's super rude and rebellious. Yeah. On judgment day, he'll remove himself as we want. Yeah. But that also means he'll remove all the blessings and good things, including yeah. other people and relationships and life and health and things like that will be, um, they will be all taken away mm. on the last day. So it's a terrifying picture. If not for, there was a little hint of it in the verse you just read at uh, the gospel, which is the good news quite literally in this situation, because without it, we would all be facing that judgment. Um, but what does the gospel tell us then? Well, the gospel of Jesus tells us that we can escape the judgment of God. Mm. God's wrath, God's right wrath, wrath is you know God's righteous anger. His wrath can be turned away from us if it's turned on to his son, Jesus. Mm. So the cross is a picture of the wrath of God, what all sinners deserve to be, uh, you know, in first century terms, the worst punishment that any offender could have was crucifixion. Uh, And on the cross, you know, Jesus calls out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm. There's that departing of God's presence from Jesus. And so Jesus experiences the wrath of God, the judgment of God on the cross. Mm. But of course, because he didn't do anything wrong, because he was completely innocent and not deserving of God's wrath, he can be the sacrifice of atonement yeah. for all of God's people. So, and that's what um, uh, it says in Romans 3, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So there we all deserve God's wrath and yeah. are all justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood. 
or another translation will say, God presented Jesus as a propitiation. Mm. That word it means a, a turning aside of God's wrath. Yeah. So the wrath, you know, takes a left turn rather than coming on us is pushed away, but pushed on to Jesus. Yeah. So Jesus fully experiences God's wrath. God's wrath is satisfied in him. The mm. debt has been paid. And so all we are left with is God's grace and the opportunity for God's forgiveness and being able to escape the wrath of God mm. and instead enjoy the eternal life, which only Jesus deserved. Yeah. So that is really the beauty of the gospel. You can kind of see there so starkly when you think about the judgment of God, um, the judgment that we all deserve that we don't get because of Jesus, because mm. he faced that judgment. Um, and so we can see God's judgment as a good thing, I guess, linking back to what we've said earlier, you know, people really care about justice right now. And so actually, if we trust that God can see all things and is good, then we can see God's justice as something that is good if we do actually care about justice. Otherwise, we're being a little bit hypocritical in our caring about justice. Well, totally like it. So I remember, uh, this is a random thought, that when I was uh, driving and I got cut off at, mm. a, at a roundabout and I was like, oh, Goodness, I'm angry. I'd love to yeah. bring justice on that person now because they've yeah. done the wrong thing against <laughs> yeah. me. But then I went, actually, no, I can trust in the judgment of God because God saw that and yeah. he will bring that to account. Yeah. Or that's a really you know flippant example. Yeah. We can go any great atrocity that's been done to mm. us or to others that we really feel passionate about. Sure, let's see if we can bring justice, you know, bring people to justice in this world. Yeah. And that's all right and proper to go through the normal processes to get justice here. But when justice isn't served mm. or if it's not perfectly served or if it's something that has gone unseen yeah. or gone unpunished, we can trust in the justice of God, mm -hmm. not take revenge ourselves, but trust in the, you know, trust ourselves to the one who judges justly. Mm. And so the judgment of God is a really good thing knowing that everyone who's all the offenses against us will be held to account. Mm. And that shows the, the, the righteousness of God. Yeah. And that we can trust in Jesus because in Jesus, we have both God being still perfectly just and judging sin, but being able to be merciful because he's put that judgment on Jesus. And so we can then escape that judgment. Yeah. And that's why we reach out and tell people about Jesus mm. because it is only through Jesus that we can escape the judgment to come mm. and obviously experience the glory of knowing God and his forgiveness. But the wrath of God is coming on, on the world when Jesus returns. And so we need to tell people to yeah. turn back to Jesus as much as we can. Well, I feel like we've in some ways only scraped the surface on judgment. This totally. is a huge topic. There's so much to talk about in it. Um, but hopefully that's helpful for you to kind of have a bit of a framework in terms of thinking about God's justice, especially the general judgment on sin, but the specific judgment on sin that will come later on Judgment Day. That's a really helpful framework to kind of hold together in your head to understand how the world works and what and, and understand the goodness of the gospel. So hopefully you've been reminded of the goodness of God's justice and judgment, um, but especially of the goodness of the gospel. Uh.
right. Speaking of um, judging others, <laughs> uh, we are actually, no one can judge anyone right now because our trivia scores are even. We are four each, uh, which is not too bad. You know, we're six episodes in, we've got four points each. That's well, look, not it's, the worst. It's 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 close. Yeah. It's not great. Yeah. But uh, uh, we are in the same place, so neither of us can judge the other for being terrible right now. True, yes. And we'll find out what happens next after this. Great. Okay. So, for Blank Space this week, we are heading to the category of people. Mm, okay. You're going to ask me first? Name the servant girl who answered the door for Peter... When he came from prison. Ooh, uh, act. Ah, oh, the serving girl. So I know the story. I just can't think of the name. It's a great story. It is a great story. And she forgets. She's like, oh my goodness, he's at the door. And then forgets. And um, she doesn't let him in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She leaves him out in the cold. Because <laughs> she's oh, so amazed. But what was her name? Martha. It's not that, but, you know, it's a guess. It's, yeah, it's not that. Yeah. Rhoda. Oh, yeah, I wasn't going to get that. Yeah. Okay. Do you want this, your second question? Yeah, let's just do devils. Who was ordered by God to go and marry an adulterous wife? Ah, Hosea. Yes. Yay! Well done. I got a point. You got a point. Better than average each week. <laughs> Simon hits the front. Simon on five. Me Yay. on four for Black Space with two questions to come. Um... Which man in Acts is called a man full of God's grace and power? I have no idea. Peter. Stephen. I was going to guess Stephen. Yeah. Uh, you did my overthinking I did yourself overthinking. Thing. I was thinking, why would Stephen have lots of power? But maybe to just be... Ooh, another Acts question. Suffering. We must be in an Acts section yeah, of the book. Yeah, maybe. Uh, which Pharisee tried to defend the apostles before uh, the Sanhedrin? I feel like it's another Stephen, but surely not. Stephen. Gamaliel. Oh, well, that's, you know. Great. What a round. What a round. Anton, that's back-to-back no points for you, I think. No, isn't no, no, it? no, I got one last oh, week. Oh, you got one last week, and that broke you even. That's right. I yeah. just assumed you were already ahead, because I'm so used <laughs> no, to that. No, no, I've been behind all season. I know, well, I'm back out in front, space. which is yeah. very exciting. Only two rounds to go. Yeah, so two rounds to go. Very so close. I could win my farewell round, which is also your farewell round, but, you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> that was Blank Space for another week. All right, well, that brings us to an end of uh, another episode of the 645 Pod. Uh, We've only got one regular episode left, and then we'll have a little wrapping up the 645 Pod for us episode. Uh, But so next week, we're looking about what comes after God's judgment, which is Anton. Uh, We're looking at the new creation. Well, that will be... What eternal life will look like. Yeah, that's fascinating. You just preach on that, so I'm expecting lots of nuggets of wisdom and interest on your from your research um, but join us next week as we look at the new creation um, our last doctrine for this series <laughs> <laughs>